The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And it is 11.30 on a Thursday, and you know what that means. It's time for another edition (laughs) of Mix Shots. It's an OTA, the first OTA edition of Mix Shots inside the SWBC podcast studio. And, oh, there's Everson's favorite song right there. Right, Everson? Yes, baby, that is it. There it is. It's a victory Thursday here inside the SWBC podcast studio. I don't know why we're playing it, but I'm going to go with it. So just for, are going. for old times' sake. Back on the football field. <laughs> yeah, there are football players on a football field here at the Star in Frisco, and we have all members of Mix Shots here. That's right. Yes, all well, accounted for. Yeah, so we'll y'all were here last week. Last. We were here last week. Okay. Phil. And you better watch out because Chris Hall took your spot. And oh, I, did he really? I got. I need a to go back and listen to that. Bunch of compliments uh, for having Chris Hall on the show. Was he hosting? Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. Did he? You know, you, Did don't he get, welcome you don't everybody? get compliments from about having Bill on? I mean, you know, <laughs> or, or Everson. No, I mean, yeah. Well, see, I was here last time, so no. You, you. That's like when you bring somebody new in, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, they're used to the old stuff, okay, right? Okay, okay. I thought you were So I'm to Wally Pip. Be so, careful. So Chris No, Hall. no, you're not, because I had to take your place. Oh, okay, yeah. So there's never any yeah. danger. Yeah. No, none yeah. at all. None yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> That's why we let Chris just run with it. Uh-huh. So we... Uh, Spags wouldn't have to talk too much. Well, I can't wait to go back and listen to it. it was I was kind of show. busy last week. He was good. Just yeah. yeah where were you? I was in San Francisco. You were in Alcatraz. Great town. Mm-hmm. Great town. I, it well, it's uh, we had to have. You know, it's it's a little. When was the last time you were in San Francisco? Well, about two years ago. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah I won't bring up the other times that you've been there. <laughs> oh uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, got I got went through a Super Bowl through there. Come on now. <laughs> there, yeah, yeah, you did. Yes, uh, I did. Yeah, I won't go. I won't Everything go. is not about Cowboys with me. It is here. I, I was telling the story. Uh, you know, of course, the Mavericks are playing the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. And the first time that I was in – might have been the first time ever in San Francisco was when the Cowboys played the Niners in the NFC Championship game into the 92 season. I spent yes. a week out there uh, previewing. Those, those are good times. And, in fact, Emerson, <laughs> I, we went to Dwight Clark's restaurant there in Did San you? Francisco as we led up to what is still, in my opinion, the greatest – football game I've ever gone to. NFC title game? In a, NFC championship game in 1992. Yeah, it was a good game. Yeah. we won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's yeah, why but I, he had an <laughs> NFC title game. That's right. Yeah, he I won. won mine, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah That's right. with the star. That's all. Uh, yeah. That's right. So anyway. Did you eat well? Uh, actually, no. <laughs> we were we hit the ground running, and oh, we never stopped man. running. I figured you so, were in the wine country. Yeah, you know, man, you had a day on. before. You know, okay, between games at the hotel we stayed at in downtown San Francisco. It was probably on Thursday morning uh-huh. for breakfast. I got an orange juice. Um, what else did I get? I, I got four things. Mm-hmm. Like a, it was a. 
some sort of breakfast. Something I can't remember exactly. So you what spent. It was. Let me guess. You guess spent? how much? That's my point. I got an orange juice, a water <laughs> at the hotel, a cup of coffee, okay, and Some something tea. to eat. Like a like a what it was was a fruit. Uh, little third, third, at least thirty. You didn't even get like a breakfast. No, it wasn't even a breakfast. A loaf. It was a no, and it was thirty five dollars. Bruh. Yes. Come on, man. Thirty five dollars. The guy in front of me in line, he got one of uh, I. Oh, my water was a sixteen ounce water. Oh, oh yeah. well, wow. yeah, you're being greedy. Yeah, that was so, an extra so five. It was five fifty. It was five fifty. <laughs> so the guy in front of me had just finished a workout and he got the big the big bottle of water. Okay, well, I guess it's thirty two ounce. It was eight dollars and fifty cents. Oh my goodness. And he said. I'm sorry. I'm taking it back. I can't get this. I, I, just a matter of principle. Yeah, I can't spend it, fifty no on a water. I could drink out the faucet. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So anyway, that's what I was doing last night. No, nah, don't give me. Let's let's go. Let's keep keep down this old man path. We're going here. Uh, went to DFW, ate at the bar. I had a, a just a beer and some uh, uh, chicken fingers. Twenty seven bucks mm-hmm. for a beer. And chicken fingers. Oh, I bet Appetizer. Chicken, chicken it wasn't fingers a, are probably it wasn't $14. A chicken finger dinner. <laughs> it was just a few strips. Yeah. 20, what did I say? How much was it? 27. 27. Come on, man. That's ridiculous. Every, everything that I ate there, even at the game, I just went to concession stand, whatever, and it was $30. And so that's my stater. When I Crazy, turn in bro. my expense report, you know, it's everything's $30 <laughs> to $35. So Wow. Welcome to the big city. Yes, that's sir. right. That's right. Yep. And now get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, here, OTAs have begun this week, and it was an open session for the media yesterday. Mm. And I know Mickey Spagnola was in there. Oh, look at that legal pad. It is full of full notes of from what he scratch. observed yes. yesterday during OTAs. Yes. Uh, it was uh, our first uh, chance to actually watch him uh, practice. Thought we'd be able to peek at them on mm-hmm. Tuesday, but it rained and they, they were indoors. go indoors and went indoors again yesterday. Uh, but yeah, it was good to uh, see a little football action. Um, although, um, you know, they don't. I, I think everybody needs to understand anything you read about whatever anybody did. It's, Tristan Hill beating Tyler Smith. <laughs> no pads, okay? It's uh-huh. helmets, jerseys, Everybody calm down. and shorts, okay? And when they were going team, it, most of it was half speed. I mean, when they were running routes, the DBs were, you know, it wasn't like a hotly contested thing. As well it should be. Until the end when they were... <laughs> they were actually running routes hard, and the DBs were uh, the, the, covering. The half speed reminds me of the story from Cowboys training camp from <laughs> Jimmy and Austin. In, oh. uh, I guess I won't say the sportscaster's name. Um, and he, he wasn't here for very long, so it wasn't Dale Hansen or – Mike Ducey or Bill Jones. <laughs> but they were running like a three-quarter speed goal line drill. And uh, the offense, ever so the offense scored on every play. So I remember that. And so Ted Dawson asked <laughs> Jimmy after the, after the practice, he said, Jimmy, are you concerned about your goal line defense? <laughs> Ted, that was half speed. <laughs> 
Hey, I and, and it's it's camp. You know, for the it's for camp. The, it's OTAs. Come on. For the '91 season, I did a Sunday night uh, segment with him after every game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He would so ask. Is, he would that ask where, is that where you got this Mick rant from? He um, he, he would by, by talking to, to Jimmy. He would he would ask me. He would ask me what I wanted to talk about ahead of time, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'd kind of give him all this stuff. Then we would get on the air live. And <laughs> I'm having Everson fix my headset problems. for me. <laughs> we we go on the air live, and he would not ask me anything we previously. He just other stuff. And and I had never done TV before, and <laughs> the lady that was uh, came here with Jimmy to do some of the TV shows, Brenda Bouchelle, I told her I said, "What do I do?" And she goes, "Answer his question and then say what you want to say, <laughs> like what you told him you were going to talk about, then talk about that." Okay, right? so I digressed, and so take it from there. So, as far as what you saw yesterday, yeah, I just reminded you of that. I'm well, sorry. I, I had another one for you too. <laughs> but watching a training camp uh, practice where the first team or or the scout team offense was going against the first team defense, and you know what happens, right? You're supposed to run the play, throw the pass, and the defense intercepts, right? So the poor third-string quarterback was running the scout team. He got intercepted like three or four times, and somebody reported, yeah, uh, thumbs down for whoever it was because he got intercepted four (laughs) times. So anyway. Or they'll have drills. You know, Parcells would do the situation drills, and the the idea of the drill is to throw the ball ball in the stands, basically. You're you're killing the clock, basically. (laughs) We're in San Antonio, and they decided there's five. Five seconds to go in the game. Okay. You're winning. You got to kill the clock. And Quincy Carter drops back and throws it way high and out of bounds. And all the people start booing. <laughs> <laughs> like, huh? You missed the receiver by 20 yards. The crowd starts booing. Yes. Wow. Yeah. They need instructions before the drill. Right. right? Uh-huh. And what he was doing is throwing up high. And by the time the ball comes down, the it's game over. will be over. Right. That's the right? point. Yeah. <laughs> So, but there was now the, the, the maybe the the play of the day, and this is what we talked about quite a bit last week uh, because of Everson's sort of connection to Marquise Bell, okay. this undrafted uh, rookie. By the way, agent. his mom and dad have both called me to make sure I'm looking out for their boy. So, so they're in goal line. Uh, and it's fourth and goal at the one. And Cooper Rush drops back to throw a quick out to his left uh, to Dontario Drummond, a rookie wide receiver. And Bell is covering him out of the slot. He jumps the route for an interception. And he basically goes 99 yards for the touchdown, right? He didn't want to quit running, right? right? Did he? Did he ran all the way? All the way, right? And and and, and when he when he got there, he had to come back all the way, right? Right. right. He he didn't give up, he didn't give up the football. I said, oh, he's going to keep it as a souvenir, right? And then when he got back to somebody that was, you know, he he handed oh, him the ball. My goodness. And so when uh, McCarthy was asked about it, he said, you know. 
He goes, he was pretty impressive during the rookie mini camp, and he continues to stand out. And somebody said, yeah, and he would have had a touchdown, right? He goes, well, I think he stepped out of bounds. And it's like, let's not worry uh, about right, the small on, stuff, right? But I'll tell right you now. what, when you saw him jump the route and take off, we talked last week about his four four one speed. He's got four four one yeah. speed for a guy his size. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been pretty impressive. So is he as big as uh, Javon? Not as tall. Not as tall. He's six two, mm-hmm. but he's two. Yeah. What is he now? Because we talk about the variation in his weights. So uh, he, he's six two, and I want to say two twelve. But he looks bigger. He looks like a linebacker. Hmm. Um, yeah, well, six two two twelve. Okay, but more like Wilson, more yeah. like our safety Wilson, more like Wilson, right? Yeah, but just I don't know. He's he's taller, and he just he. When I saw him, I said, God, he looks like a linebacker. And then ran when a, they were ran talking, a four four one. And when they were talking about him, uh, legit. Thing. Dan Quinn mentioned his name, and he goes, Yeah. When he goes, when I I first saw him work out, I look at guys and I want to see them on how I would use him on my team, in my defense. And he said, when I saw Marquise, I said, oh, he might be able to play linebacker, be that J. Ron Kurtz type guy yes. in my defense. And he said, so when he came here uh, the first time, I had him meeting with the linebackers. I wanted to see what, how he would develop. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was one of my guys that last week, last Friday, I, when I wrote my column, I said, okay, keep an eye on these two guys, Marquise Bell mm-hmm. and T.J. Vasher, the wide receiver, 6'6", six, six out of Texas Tech. Right. He spent all last year on uh, non-football injury. Uh, he had knee surgery. And uh, you just look at his – look at him. He's always open, right? He's 6'6". Six, six. Just throw it up. And he had a catch yesterday that got a couple wows from, from everybody. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think that, uh, God, he could do – I think he could really control things a bit better. If you're looking at that size yeah. and looking at that speed and his agility, not four, just – Four-five. He ran not a four-five line, pro day. Yeah. Not just straight line. I'm talking his, uh, his agility. Right. You seem to – I haven't seen it. You seem to talk very well as well as Dan Quinn about his agility. I'd rather have him – at safety, yeah. When you have that kind of agility, well, when they lined up with the second team, he was uh, one of the two safeties. I'd, I'd like to see him playing uh, the ball in the air down the field. You know how well do you play that? I mean, right. we can all look good, but when that ball's in the air, you know, you have to know how to attack it. You don't have to necessarily make the picks. Of course, I'd love that, but how to attack it in the air, catch it at its highest point. Those are the kind of things that, alongside the amazing stuff that you said he's doing. That's the kind of things that you kind of want to look for. So you weren't here, but Everson points out that his roommate in college, Marquise oh, Bell's, okay. his uh, is uh, a nephew. My, my roommate in college, his sister-in-law. That's her nephew. Okay. Okay. That's basically it. Okay. Yeah. So he had some insider information. Yep. On his, his mom and dad are calling me like, "Look out for my baby." You know. <laughs> well, call, you can tell them yeah. about the interception. Oh yes, now. yes, yes. And I, I've been trying to catch up with him. I, I called him and he was on the elevator, and he couldn't hear me. Mm. And then once he got down, I tried to call and you know we just didn't hook up. Well, now we you're gonna have to come out for a practice. There you go. There you go. Maybe we can finally meet. So anyway, the. Um, you you mentioned Tyler Smith, and so I'm not sure when the last time he lined up against somebody at guard. 
It yeah. was against. Uh, a, a, it was probably against Arlington Martin. Yeah. <laughs> 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 now Arlington Martin has some really good talent, though. Right. I mean, Miles Garrett played at Arlington Martin. Yeah, so. no, it's not about the talent on Arlington Martin. It's a, so the, since the, you the, mind, that's, the it was when he was at North Crowley High School was yes. the last time that so he lined up you, at guard. Since you mentioned the offensive line when they first went out there, uh, Tyron Smith, you're not going to like to hear this, but he evidently had some back tightness. Ty- Tyron. Tyron. Yeah. And uh, so he he wasn't out there. I'll go over some of the guys that were out there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, uh, Matt Moletsko, their fourth fourth, fifth fifth round. Moletsko. Yeah. He was and Ball were kind of sharing that left tackle spot. Connor McGovern was at left guard. Tyler Beatrice at center. Zach Martin and then Terrence Steele. So. This is what normally happens, right? When, when they start these types of practice, there's a deference to guys who are veterans. Like, yeah. you get to go out first. Because they know the system. The rookie's got to earn his right. right. So, right. so Tyler Smith uh, went out with the second team at left guard. Uh, I like the fact that they're working him just at guard right now. Yeah. I mean, he, he's 20 years old. 20, <coughs> just just, just turned 21. Just where is he 21. playing? Where is he? I'm sorry. I, I was looking at my Smart phone. Where is, he, where is he? I was, I was looking he's at He's exactly phone. what I told guard. you they needed. Guard. guard. Yeah. Yeah. First guard. round draft pick. Yeah. Guard. guard. And, and, yes. if, and yeah. if that we, back. So we draft a, a guard as and, our first pick. Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to get over that. And yeah. if that back tightness <laughs> continues, he'll be he'll a be tackle. He'll be running out there. Tackle. We'll be trying to make sure you say Tyler and not Tyron. Not Tyron. Tyler. <laughs> Tyron. So anyway. So that would be – that's when we get concerned about Tyron's – Tyron Smith's back tightness if they start working Tyler Smith at, at left tackle. Left tackle. Although they want Willetsko to be the swing tackle. Mm-hmm. They think he's got the ability to play left and right. Uh, they're looking at Ball as a, a, a backup right tackle okay. behind Terrence Steele. I'd love to see this guy get in and play, man. Ball. Just, just get some Just quality. to see, right? Quality time. I want to see some quality time. Well, well you'll get it in preseason. And, and you've got You've got two tackles now that are both six eight, right? Balls, if I remember correctly, that was that was his size. Um, I don't want to be too big. I want to make sure Dak can see when he's throwing the ball, <laughs> <laughs> and that they can move well enough. Right. They're both to get out the way. They're yeah. both with Chase Young. They're both six eight. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that'll 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 take care of your blind side because you won't be able to see over there. Right? Uh-huh. So All anyway, right, well, I have a I have a, a question. You know me, I'm a YouTube guy. Well, if you don't know it now, you know it now. Say the Cowboys signed Quandre Mosley. Is that true? Tell me about this guy. Quandre Mosley. Yes, they're talking about a yeah. guy. Defensive back. I don't know if Chris like number thirty-seven, Mick, thirty-six, four point three forty yards, thirty-nine, 39 number thirty-nine cornerback. He had a pass Quandre. breakup yesterday. Now, what yeah, are you asking about Yes, I was just asking if if Spagnola saw him out there. Obviously, he didn't. He's looking at his notes. Uh, but out of yeah. Kentucky. 
Yeah, they talked about another one out of Kentucky. It's a rookie free agent. Mm, yeah, rookie free agent. Oh, what, what the hell's wrong with that? So is Marquise. What's wrong with that? Marquise Bell's a rookie you, free you agent. Gotta, you got to yeah, you gotta, you show up before I'm going to memorize your no, name. I thought you maybe, it. No, I thought maybe with a four. No, that no four, here's the difference. Here the, here's the difference. Marquise Bell got a little bit of money when he signed as a rookie free agent, mm-hmm. right? And Quandre hasn't. He got $15,000. There you go. So did. Yeah. Was that there any guarantee? They guaranteed him a full year's salary on the practice squad. Okay. So basically, it's like, okay, we think you're good enough to at least make the practice squad. We'll give you 18 weeks of pay, which comes to about, gal, now? 18 weeks? Well, you're talking about 18 times what? It's yeah. like t- almost 200,000, 200, I think. There you go. Yeah. So, Everson, would you like to just be a practice squad quarterback? <laughs> I've been saying that for a long time. Sure. I've been, I said that last season, remember? I was upset about what they're getting just to be on the practice squad. Give me a break. I can, they can have yeah, he, that $1,500. He, he bragged about that. his signing bonus last week. The 1500 Gil could take that. <laughs> but my boy Mosley, I have some good stuff on him. He okay. saw 36 well, career games. I'm going to keep an eye on him. Uh, he only started like four starts, <laughs> three-year career at Kentucky. 69 tackles, three tackles for loss. He got sacked, 10 breakups. So, you know, you could just see he's just one of those young guys, came over from wide receiver uh, and decided, you know what, maybe I can play defensive back. So, we'll see. Kentucky Pro Day, 4-3-2-40. Oh, there you go. Yep, 36-inch vertical. Uh, and he's about 6-1. Six two, but he didn't get drafted, huh? Did not get. No, well, he not did, there's he anything no, about no, no, that, right? No, of course <laughs> not. But no, he, <laughs> shut up. He just, <laughs> he just didn't have. Uh, he just didn't have enough time. He didn't at play corner because he play he comes from corner. a wide receiver. Right. So I'd just like to keep out this young man. See what the heck he's doing. You never know where those diamonds in the rough come from. So the other thing I think that stood out was, uh, you know, I think everybody's somewhat worried about the wide receiver position, and knowing that Michael Gallup is not working out. They lose Amari Cooper. They lose Cedric Wilson. Uh, So it's assumed that C.D. Lamb, number one guy, and uh, I like the way he talked about it with a lot of confidence, saying that's always been my goal to be the number one receiver. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, without Gallup there, James Washington shows up with a walking boot on his left foot. Great. And he's not practicing. Turns out he's got a strained tendon in his left foot. Uh, they don't think he'll be out too long, uh, but he wasn't out there. But at least you got to see the third-round pick Jalen Tolbert making uh, lots of plays out there. Fortunately, right? Jalen <laughs> Tolbert was working with Britt Brown doing rehab on the course. Set you up. <laughs> I know he helped me out transition there, right? So when they first went out, it was C.D. Lamb, Noah Brown, and Simi Fihoko. How's Simi looking? Uh, he caught a couple passes. Okay, and I have high hopes for him, but really he didn't do. get to play last year. I so I wanted to see what he's got. The other, so the rest of the receivers that were out there had a total of 16 catches. Well, last you hope year. you have enough depth that your fifth round draft pick doesn't have to play his rookie year. <laughs> right. But apparently, as it stands right now, if they were to play a game this Sunday on Memorial Day weekend, mm-hmm. your starting wide receivers would be C.D. Lamb, Noah Brown, and Simi Pihoko? That's right. If they started to tomorrow. 
Mm-hmm. So Thank God. Uh, it didn't sound like sound like Jalen Tobert would be. Mike McCarthy said he'd be back next week. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it, it wasn't a good visual at the wide receiver position, knowing what you had lost and what you were hoping for, and then Tolbert's not practicing and James Washington's not practicing. Uh, Washington evidently didn't seem too concerned about it, so um, we'll see where that one goes. But so you're good with the depth that's at the receiver position? Or is there a need to go get someone who I has think, some playing experience? I think they're going to keep an eye on it. Is there a history of Washington's injury? Uh, that particular injury? No, I don't. Up? I don't believe so. Or at least I didn't hear about it. Mm-hmm. So it didn't seem like they were overly concerned. But you would like him out there working as much as he can at this time with Dak Prescott, who last year at this time, you know, they were keeping close tabs on him because he was still rehabbing from. Uh, his surgery, his ankle surgery, mm-hmm. uh, but he was moving around a little and, and moving pretty well. Uh, but again, you know, this will be, you know, he hadn't had an off season like this, so that certainly helps him out uh, to to actually be out there working with these guys that he, that they, uh, you know, didn't have that opportunity much last year. I know he, if it's up to him, he'd work the hell out of them in this this off season. You know, just right. making sure we have timing. You just, I mean, he's got to work with all the wide receivers, considering the many possibilities that are out there. You know, they had a couple camp. other guys not not uh, working out. Carlos Watkins, uh, Osa Odigizua had a quad strain, and then you know, uh, Jaquan Hardy and Rico Dowdle were working with Britt, so they had some sort of sprains. Uh, Devontae Bond, a rookie free agent From linebacker. Oklahoma. He limped off <laughs> at, at one point. He was kind of holding, I think it was his right knee. And Alex Lindstrom, another rookie free agent, offensive lineman, uh, had an appendectomy. Uh, and then we know Jabril Cox and Damone Clark are still rehabbing from their surgeries. So there it is. There is your first open OTA injury report. Which, when Mike was asked about a couple of the injuries, he goes, what, we got to do injury reports for OTAs now? (laughs) All right, we continue with more mixed shots in just a moment. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. The Cowboys way where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. 
Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Back, back, back. To mixed shots. K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. From corporate homes to your home, have your roof checked by choice, not by chance. Call now, 214-225-4860, kpostcompany.com. So, when you were hosting the show a week ago, did Chris Hall do the reads? No, Everson Wall oh, stepped to the plate. I sure right. did, and I knocked it out the box, baby. I bet you did. That's right. Slow um, motion, but... <laughs> it, it was Slow and steady. It was half Slow speed. and steady wins the race. Thank you very much. I, I recall that from when we watching cartoons. Don't, 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 don't mention that to Rick, Rich Strike, by the way. There you go. Now, so Mickey, look, I'm looking at these rosters here, yeah. this, this jersey. So all these guys, Kelvin Joseph's got number one, he Jordan was, Lewis's jersey now, number. He was your number last year. Yeah, I know. And now right. you've got some guy named uh, Israel Mukwamu. Oh, number 24? Yes. He's now he yes. seventh-round pick last year. He safety. changed. He was in his, I think, a 30. Where did he come from? South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. yeah, he played corner and safety in uh, college at South Carolina. And they moved him to safety. Yeah. All right, I'm looking out Big for guy. this kid. Big guy. But, yeah, okay, so Kelvin Joseph's wearing number one. Mm-hmm. Jordan Lewis is now wearing number two. Mm-hmm. Anthony Brown is now wearing number three. And so, other DBs, of course, Donovan Wilson last year wore six and Trayvon mm-hmm. Diggs seven. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about the single-digit DBs? I love it. I really do. Uh, I, I, call, I called it corny earlier, but anything that can confuse qu- quarterbacks, I love it. They don't know where they're coming from. They don't know whose numbers who. I think I'm more. I'm more uh, uh, happy with the the linebackers having these small, low numbers because that really confuses a lot of quarterbacks. You got Michael Parsons up there. Is he going to be linebacker or defensive end? Then you got. Uh, 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 Wilson, Donovan Wilson might come up and show in a blitz. Then he might be back in the middle of the field. You know, you've got uh, Jabril Cox, number 14. You know, what linebacker was number 14? He can't be a linebacker. Oh, there's the blitz. You see what I'm saying? So That's why Tom Brady was complaining about I love it. it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I, I really, if I would have been able to do that, I would have kept my number nine from Grambling State University. You wore number nine. Number nine. Who had nine when you were here? Uh, Anybody? No, no. Mitch Hoops. Mitch Hoops. <laughs> yeah, I think I be play, somebody I like that, with right? Mitch. Yeah, play with Mitch. So this was this was uh, this was funny when uh, we were talking to C.D. Lamb. Uh, his locker now is next to Dax at Dax's request. Hmm. Uh, and so somebody said, "Well, where was your locker?" And I was thinking, "Yeah, where was it?" And he mentioned. Oh, it's over there where Braylon Jones is. And I'm going, I don't remember seeing him there. And it's like, no, because I wasn't in the locker room his first two years in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. Because of COVID, 
uh, in 2020. Right. So I have no idea where his stuff was. And so who's locking was next to Dex? Uh, Amari Cooper. Ah, so he's replaced. Uh, there you go. And so, <laughs> did uh, they have a ceremony? <laughs> yeah. So, and then I was looking for Dalton Schultz. Well, the last time I would have talked to Dalton Schultz in the locker room, he was next to the little walkway that goes into the shower stalls. Right. Mm-hmm. I looked over there, and it's like, well, where's Dalton Schultz? Well, he's way he's down on the at other the side? other end of, of the of the locker room. Right. With all the passes. And then thought, it he dawned, be on the other side of that. And then it dawned on me. It's like, yeah, you know, other than when I was here with the rookies, I hadn't been in the locker room with the veterans since the uh, last, well, it had been the day after they got beat uh, in the playoff game after the 29th, was it 20? No, it was the last game of the season, 2019, right? Uh, when they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Mm-hmm. That was the last time we'd wow, been, that's been in crazy. Because all the other interviews have been outdoors, Basically, one person comes out and everybody inter- in- interviews them. So you actually had an opportunity to walk by and like talk to somebody without 20 people with you. Uh, it was a little different, That's but crazy. it felt right, at least. So what, what did it did, uh, did it look any different? I mean, besides people getting moved in different places? No, just places, moved just, around. Yeah. yeah. Dak was in the same place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then a lot of the early conversations, especially with Dak and Demarcus Lawrence, uh, it was about the tragedy in Uvalde, uh, and uh, you know somebody somebody asked Dak, "Is somebody going to tell you, you know, stick to sports? Don't be talking about other stuff." He goes, "I don't think anybody's ignorant enough to say that to me, <laughs> just like that." I thought that was pretty good, and mm-hmm. you know, and and the other thing he said that you know it was, I mean, it stuck out. He was talking about you know. Gosh, we got to be scared to send our kids to 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 school. Mm-hmm. He said, "I'm almost fearful now to have kids. And, you know, I don't have any." Right. Uh, and Demarcus Lawrence talked about how tough it was uh, to send his kids back to school. Uh, he's got three, four, something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, said he, you know, he'd get in the locker room and call his wife. Everything okay? Everything good? Mm-hmm. You know, so. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of talk about uh, the effect of what happened there uh, with the you know, 19 you murders to this point. You don't have to uh, 21, 19 kids, and with the, the two 19 uh, kids, one yeah, officer. right. You don't have to have kids. Just like Dak doesn't have kids to empathize. Of course, uh, people always talk about how you know you can relate because you're kind of in a similar situation, but you really don't have to be. You know, the tragedy is the tragedy itself. So, well, we've all had kids, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and you yeah. think back. I mean, you know, if you're a parent, I mean, gosh, and and, and even. Mike McCarthy told us afterwards that, you know, they had talked about him giving an opening statement mm-hmm. when he did his press conference. And he said that he, he said, I don't, I, can't, I don't think I can do it. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll get too emotional. Well, he got asked the question mm-hmm. and he got about 30 seconds into it and he started getting real emotional talking about, yeah, I've got it you know, a daughter of fourth mm-hmm. grade or whatever. And he needed a few more and, and two or three times he, he, he stopped and he was, he was, he was pretty broken up just thinking about it. Right. And then I think 
towards the end of when he finished it, he goes, well, I'm Irish, and when we get old, we cry a lot. Yeah. Mm. And I said, <laughs> I happens all, to us Italian all, guys, right, too. I was going to say, <laughs> we all kind of cry more uh, at this age. Yeah. I mean, I, it, you know, it just it's affects, not just it the affects kids. everybody. I, I worry about that. Like, my wife works in a mall. You know, I mean, you got people shooting up grocery stores and, and churches and, and all of that. So, you know, just to be in, to just think of that in any situation is really kind of tough. Uh, you know, like you said, call your wife. I mean, I, I talk to my I call almost every day at work, you know, just to check in, especially when I'm bored and see what's going on. But otherwise, you worry about any situation where a lot of people are in place and can be hurt uh, and be in this this precarious situation just from going to work, just and, from going to school, and just I from think going to the, church. And, and for these guys, I think the door opened Tuesday evening when Steve Kerr stood up there before yes. the game. I don't know if you were there mm-hmm. or you had to cover it, but uh, he opened the door and just, you know, went off. And, uh, and, and, and people need to understand there's no division between reality and sports, right? It overlaps. These guys are living lives, right? Not just playing sports. And and and, and I was glad Dak said that. It's like don't even you know uh, insult me that I can't have a say. I, I think when with, with, with fans, fans often come to a sports event to escape. Right. They watch it to escape. Well, <laughs> the people that you're watching, they're not robots. They're people as well. So what's their escape? Yeah. You understand? And and when you're talking about Steve Kerr with the history that he has, if I'm not mistaken, his father was killed in a terrorist mm-hmm. accident or something like yep. that. So yep. Assassinated. You know, uh, I mean, so that has nothing to do with a kid. That's his dad. And yet he still can feel it. So, uh, you know, the kids, of course, that's the, the main tragedy of it. But, you know, I think the other tragedy is where can we be safe? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. It's like uh, I was at uh, the AAC getting ready to do a live shot at 4 o'clock on the Mavericks-Warriors game. And I'm sitting there. On that Tuesday? On that Tuesday. And I'm like – and it just, and I think everyone, once you when you hear about it, and I just heard about it probably – I was driving to the arena, heard about it. And it's – you got this mm. – such a sick feeling in the pit of your stomach. You don't even feel like doing whatever it is you're assigned right, to do at right. that moment. You, you know? just stop. Yeah. I mean, you it's just, just like – and, and uh, Newey Scruggs and I and uh, Mike Leslie, we were all on the side on the sideline getting ready to do. And fortunately, they didn't come to us, obviously, because they were covering that event. And we're like, why come to us anyway? I mean, this right. is so trivial right. compared to what right, just right. happened. Well, you know? let's hear what Bill Jones has said. No, right, I'm right. Not, and we're supposed yeah. to, yeah. Now, exactly. I had to do a radio segment. I have one every Tuesday late afternoon uh, with the radio station in Tyler, KTBB. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if I can. Fortunately, the subject didn't come up because mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have been able to talk about well, it. Well, that's the way I'm handling it right now. I'm not watching any of it because I'm I'm sitting there. I, I, I don't want to put my brain around this evil that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to. And so it's too sickening to even hear the stories about it. You well, know? They, I, I, when I was watching the news that night um, – one of the stations had a, a very young I reporter. I saw that. I, a female. Female. Man, that was, I was going to bring that and up. And I was Go like, ahead. she doesn't have enough experience to do this. Mm-mm. And she, she got 
15 seconds into it yes. and was ready to break down crying. Yeah, no, she, she kind of did. I mean, you're in there, you're seeing, you're around all these people that are mourning, that are, and it just gets into you. It, you right? could just feel it around, you could see it around her. And yeah. There's no way she was going to escape that. Yeah. I, I saw that. And to me, it just kind of lends to the, the, the tragedy, you know what I mean? Just how bad it is and how much it affects everyone. I mean, what was she, probably 25 years old? Maybe, yeah. She, she's just out of high school, seven years prior, mm-hmm. and, and you know, she's looking at this. and Yeah, that, I thought that was very poignant because it showed the emotion. I'm glad she broke down like that because you, sometimes you can't just be, you can't just do your job. Yeah. You know, sometimes showing that emotion was her doing her job. That, to me, displayed the, the tragedy itself. That was a mirror of what the tragedy was. So I was... And she got herself together. She right. pulled it together. She did a good job, and she passed it on to somebody. They came back to her and, again, you know, and, and the, she was a little bit more steady. And the good thing was when they passed it on to the veteran reporter, yes. she covered for her. She sure she did. Said, that she just sure shows did. you the emotion. She and, sure did. and I thought that was pretty profound. I, I, I don't know if a female, I mean, if a male would have done that, but that was a, yeah. a female reporter. I remember when, you know, I was in the practice facility when the roof came down. Mm-hmm. And I had just started doing stuff at the fan. That was crazy, man. And they immediately called me, and they wanted, you know, go on the air and talk about it. I said, you know what? You're going to have to give me a few moments. I don't think emotionally I can Mm -hmm. come out there and speak without making – you know, and it's, it's, a, a it's fool on myself, site. Right? You're on site. Your adrenaline just, was still going. So we waited an hour, right? And then I went on, and I was still shaking. having a little bit of problem talking right. about it, knowing, you know, what had happened and what could have been. Uh, and so, yeah, that's a, it's a tough thing. All right. Um, we continue with the triviality of what we do Football. Yep. Yes. coming up here in just a moment here on Mix Shots. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek, and we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit unitedagandturf.com. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. 
and a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back, back, back. To Shots. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with SLR lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local SLR experts and find the perfect SLR lens for you. See more, do more, SLR. By the way, you want to look at the number nines in Cowboys history? <laughs> I was trying to think back. Quarter. A quarterback had. Nine. I mentioned Mitch Hoops, didn't you I? You did, yes. yes. 1975, Mitch Hoops wore number nine, punter. So, and that. when you came, became a Dallas Cowboy, uh, number nine was available if they let cornerbacks wear number nine <laughs> back then. Because the next number nine in Cowboys history, as far as a regular season, now they might have been a number nine in the preseason, mm-hmm. but the list in the uh, media guide is just the guys that made the regular season roster. Roger Ruzik, kicker, mm-hmm. yes. 19, so one of your teammates, 1987 <laughs> to 89. Roger's cool. And then... Cooper Cup's dad wore number nine, nineteen ninety-one, with the Cowboys, very briefly, and of course Rodney Pete, right, and then Daniel Gonzalez in nineteen ninety-eight. Now my number before uh, twenty-four, they just threw me anything. I think it actually had a hole in the damn jersey. Uh, <laughs> twenty-four should have been a, a, a wanted number. That's, I mean, that's a they pretty threw, cool. They number. didn't ask me what the hell I wanted. I well, was Bill, will look up the they previous twenty-four. They looked at me, they looked at me the uh, way you look at me, Spags. Undrafted free agents <laughs> ain't worth the crap. And they threw me a number twenty-seven. And I had number 27. Ron Fellows. Almost all through training camp. Ron did not have 27. He's I don't know what, I can't remember what he had in training camp. It wasn't 27. I had 27. And then you ended up with 24. I ended up with 24. I had 27. Really? Remember, he was a wide receiver right. as well. So. so did he come in as a wide receiver? He, no. he came in as a DB. He was a wide receiver at Missouri. At Missouri right. But they came drafted in. him and said, we're going to And so he would have had corner. a DB number. He would have had a DB. Yeah. I can't remember when he came into training. So they didn't think he was going to make it, and so they gave him 38. No, he was a draft choice. <laughs> he was 7 You get drafted out of Missouri, no, he was, he you're seven making a. it. He was 7A. Yeah. And and Ken Miller from Michigan State a. was 7B. Right. Uh-huh. That's what they called him, 7A, uh, right. 7B. So, first, yeah. first seventh round pick, yeah. second. Seventh and by round the way, pick. he was a pretty good wide receiver in college. Was too. he really? Yeah. Yes, he was. He was. Well, yeah. you know, one of those things a lot about of speed. Him, he's got the. Uh, I told you, he got the inverted thing. His heart's on his right side. I did not know. Yes, that. his heart is on his right. He's got the. I saw it on the TV. Really? As well. Yes, he he legitimately has his everything is like reversed. I guess, you know, it's it's rare, but no big deal. There's no. Uh, uh, um, you know, danger. As long as it's working. Yeah, as long as it still works. <laughs> it still works. They don't know how, but it still works. By the way, that year, the two Missouri guys got drafted. First round pick. What you, okay. Howard Richards. Yep. That's right. Howard Richards. Still Who's good. doing, by the way, uh, analyst radio. He's the radio network analyst host for Missouri now. And he was he was uh, working with the FBI at one point, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was big time. He was yeah. pretty sharp. He was. He's still a good guy. Still a good dude. Eric Eric Wright got drafted in 81 also. Now that guy there, 
that's the that's the savior of the San Francisco game, right? Right there, got Drew from behind. Got Drew, that's the savior of the like San with a finger, a finger. <laughs> Today it would be called the horse collar tackle. <laughs> yeah, that's just how close it was. Very interesting. All right, all right. So, um, two two more things I got oh, on your legal pad. Um, <laughs> we're empty. You know, we Hickey's were talking. Pad. We were talking about how they were kind of. Looking for tight ends, right? They needed help at tight end. If you look at your list here, there are six tight ends that were on the field uh, last wow yesterday. Uh, not only Dalton Schultz, but you know their fourth round pick, Jake Ferguson, Jeremy Sprinkle came back. Actually, uh, had a couple catches uh, yesterday. Ian Bunting uh, and Sean McEwen. Uh, and then Peyton Hendershot uh, was a rookie free agent. So wait, wait, where is he at? Forty. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just mention a guy. Forty nine. Forty nine. Not explain there that he's from Indiana. Peyton. Peyton Hendershot. Hendershot. There he is. So uh, Jake Ferguson. Yeah, they're they're you know making sure. And Ferguson looks the part. Now they doesn't. They like gave him forty eight. But I give him credit that he, in his uh, rookie interview, or maybe it was last week in, in his interview, he knew that Daryl Johnston had 48. So, uh, sharp kid, right? He, he knows his Cowboy history. So, so um, you, know, you hadn't even seen these guys do anything, have you? No, no. You don't even really. know anything about these guys at all. I mean, I know, you know, a couple guys that I might have looked up, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the, the, now, Hendershot had 46 catches and four touchdowns for Indiana last year. All right. Well, there we go. We'll keep an eye on them. Mm-hmm. They had a decent season last year, didn't they? Yes, they did. Um, the other thing I think of note, and the Cowboys haven't done this in a while, um, this training camp, they have two planned scrimmages. Uh, first with Denver. So the first preseason game is at Denver. And they're going to go a couple days early and have a scrimmage uh, two days before the game with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. And then the second preseason game is uh, they break in camp. They're going to Raiders, L.A. No, no. L.A. to play the Chargers. Oh, that's right. Raiders are not out there yeah. anymore. Yeah. Play the Chargers. <laughs> Do they still do training camp in uh California, the Raiders. Oh, no, I'm sure not Okay, after moving there. Okay. Uh, And they're going to scrimmage the Chargers twice uh, and then have a day off and then play the final preseason game or the final road preseason game and then head home. They don't play them in the regular season, correct? The Chargers? Yes. Not this year. Good. But they did did last year. So so uh, McCarthy said he really hasn't done this before, but after they did it with the Rams last year and he said talking to some of the other coaches, he felt like it was a good idea. What do you mean? They haven't done this before? He hadn't hadn't scrimmaged teams before. Really? Yeah. Oh, he did back in the 90s. Yeah. I was going to say. But not as a head coach. Ah. He okay. did it when he was in Kansas City. So they City. stopped doing that uh, recently because I thought that was the norm. I mean, we they had it. been doing it, but mm-hmm. not since he he didn't do it his his first year, okay. I guess. Um, well, the pandemic. The Cowboys had did it with the Rams. Remember that that year they called off the second one because of the. I was going to call it a riot. It was like a riot. They, they Jeff, had, Jeff Fisher's Rams. They had a melee out there. Right. Yeah. That, and the funny thing about that is, so I was over on. 
the field that it didn't start on. I was watching the Cowboys offense, right? And it started, and they were in goal line, right? And all the Rams, all but one guy, it was a veteran linebacker, all but one guy, their whole defense ran on the other field. <laughs> Romo brought the Cowboys to the line of scrimmage <laughs> and hiked the ball and went in for the touchdown. <laughs> right? And, and, and then we were running over into the other field, and, and uh, I remember somebody yelling at us to get back. I said, don't be worrying about me. <laughs> I said, you got 60 guys out there swinging at each other, right? Uh, that was that was scary. Because so Romo ran the touchdown against no defense. No defense. Yeah, there was one guy. It field. was the linebacker. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of funny. It was funny, but I don't think anybody saw it because right. everybody was running to That's the other the funny field. Part. But, you know, the bad part was is it spilled over to the fence on the side of the field uh, where the fans, fans are. Yeah. And the fans were standing there, and all of a sudden they started, like, swinging at the players. Why? That Raider fans. <laughs> or Rams fans, I should say. So, wait, you know, the way Bill kind of gave me this little notation here, you said Jeff Fisher's Rams. Uh-huh. What does that mean? Are you, are you trying to they were, cast some aspersions? They, or? they were – they came, they loaded, they came yep. loaded for bear. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a it's a training camp practice. What is the deal? Right. Is he trying? Was he trying to prove something that yes. year? Was that yeah. his first yeah. year with? No, no, no. He'd l- been there for too I long. Think, <laughs> I think it was. I want to say I think it was his last year. <laughs> it probably was. Well, because case could. in point, they they recorded the coach that replaced him. He's done pretty well, hasn't he? Yes, he has. Yeah. Yes, he has. Even he was and, I, and, and by the way, Eric Dickerson is still coming to the games. Because if you recall, <laughs> he's still gaining yards on the Cowboys. No, stop. <laughs> hey, hey, stop. I still have nightmares, okay? Uh, but and no, I, I think I had call. the year wrong. I said tw- – it was like 2017. It doesn't matter. That's why I said it was Jeff Fisher's yeah. Rams. It was, well, well, he ended up going off on Eric as well. He, he said Eric shouldn't – you know, Eric was trying to yeah. criticize him or whatever, and he said Eric shouldn't even be on the sidelines. He said he can't even get a ticket to the game. Mm. And he said Eric doesn't belong on the sidelines. And next thing you know, Fish is gone, and I think Eric is now in the front office. <laughs> <laughs> so Amazing how that happens, that amazing? right? So, yeah, you, I can talk so about anyway, the Cowboys are going to have two scrimmages. Um, uh, and, and they're both going to be away ones. Last year it was a home one against the uh, Rams. The other thing is is the, uh, the NFL and the NFLPA made a change to uh, injured reserve for the last two years because of COVID. Uh, guys uh, only had to spend three weeks on IR, and then they were eligible to come back. Uh, this year it's going to be four weeks, uh, and you're only eligible – to bring back eight guys mm-hmm. off of IR. And you could bring back the same guy as many as two times, but he both times count against your right, eight. Say, say it again? Okay. You, so you, 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 there's a limit now on how many guys can return from injury reserve. Interesting. Okay. So, and that was – it was two previous to COVID. Right. And you had to designate them when you put them on IR that they are IR returned. And during COVID, it was unlimited. I unlimited mean, they, they, could, they got to set out three games, but they can come right. back after three games. Exactly. 
Now it's limited to eight, and you, but you have to miss four weeks, which would— So you can make eight moves. Eight moves. Okay. Yeah. IR return moves. And four weeks is what it was when you were playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the team started taking advantage of that, coming up with phony injuries uh, to— to preserve a guy's rights and figuring, okay, in four weeks, somebody else is going to get hurt and I could bring this guy back, right? Uh, and they actually started bringing, uh, the NFL would bring independent uh, medical person to view practice to make sure guys on IR weren't practicing and make sure that they actually had an injury. Because there was one year, and I don't remember who it was, there was a quarterback they wanted to keep his rights, and they were playing a preseason game against Denver. And they basically told this quarterback, when you take this snap, we want you to roll out towards our sideline because our cameras are going to be up there on that side of the field and grab your hamstring as you go out of bounds. <laughs> he forgot to grab his hamstring. <laughs> And I'm going, okay, <laughs> if he can't remember that, oh, man. plays aren't going to work. Well, plays aren't going to work. Wild, really wild well. west. Okay, boy, now you. <laughs> you're talking about uh, IR, like during the season, a player gets hurt and goes right. on IR, and now it is four, four games. Four okay, weeks. four weeks, not four games, weeks. four weeks. From, the, from right. the moment you put them on. Okay, what about Pup? And, and this, this relates to Michael Gallup, because in the past, if you went on pup prior to the season starting, right, you it was six weeks. Six weeks, and so at Michael least. Gallup would have to miss six. If coming off an ACL, if you put him on pup, he would be it would be, he would miss six weeks to start the season. What is it now? It didn't say pup. It said non football injury. All right, here's, NFI. Here's here's what I've got. I just I've, I'm I'm just seeing a memo that's been released to the clubs or right. whatever sent to the clubs. Players who are placed on reserve physically unable to perform or reserve non football injury. Okay, mine illness. didn't say or at or after the roster reduction to 80 players. So, right. So that is back in preseason because I, I don't remember what the date is. But I'm not. that's not the last. That's not the 53-man. But So it's prior to the 53-man roster, which is equivalent to what the what has been done in the past as far as PUP goes. We'll continue to count again. Uh, such players uh, may begin a 21-day practice period or be activated after four regular season games. So not so six. it's reduced. So in the case of Michael Gallup, the new pup rules are that he doesn't have to sit out six games and be active on the seventh game. He can be ready on the fifth game of the season, which is the Cowboys open against Tampa Bay and Cincinnati, then at the Giants, Washington, and then October 9th at the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Mm. But if Michael Gallup is placed on pup, and, and he, he will be, more. and yeah. I can guarantee you right. he will be. Right. Uh, but you also have that 21 day window right. to decide if you want him to start practicing. And then once he starts practicing, so, so it, it could extend eight weeks into the season, and you start that twenty-one day window. It can actually extend. I'm, I just threw that out. Yeah, as a ne- seven. Not you. You could extend it nine weeks. So what I'm saying is, the earlier if they put Gallup on pup, the earliest he will be able to play in a game is 
week five at the Rams. Right, and, so. and you wouldn't do that because you can't practice when you're on PUP. So chances are, if you're coming off a torn ACL and you're out the first four weeks, you can't practice, right? You can't practice in training camp. So he's not going to practice three times and go play a game. Right. So you have 21 days to decide when he's going to start practicing. And then after that, you get another two weeks to practice before you got to say, okay, we're either putting him on the roster or he stays on for the rest of the year. <laughs> I want to hear that ladder. So you could stretch it out to uh, like 10 weeks almost. Uh, before you have to make a, a, a serious decision. Uh, the other change they made, and, and it was uh, 16 players on the practice squad during COVID. It's going to be 14. And now you can elevate a, pract- a person from the practice squad uh, a maximum of three times. Prior to that, it was only twice. Mm. So you can move them without having to go back through uh, free agency or waivers to get back on the on the on the practice squad. So that's another one. And now they've even come up with ramp time periods during training camp. Those first three or four days where you're not allowed to put pads on, and you were supposed to only get two hours on the field. Now they've reduced that to. <laughs> 90 minutes on day two, 105 minutes on day three, and two hours the final two days. Oh, man, that's crazy. So less less practice now, huh? Yes. Wow. This must be tough. And And then you can put the pads on. (laughs) Yes, that's so cool. And practice squad, same, 16. 14. Oh, no, what did I say? 16. It was 14 before COVID. And now, yeah. now, and then it was 16, and they're going to keep it at 16. And you can, and a maximum of six veteran players can be on the practice right. squad. Right. That, that's the key on there, where right. you can actually ha- have veteran players on the practice squad. Of course, they're subject to being picked off by another team, right? Just like any practice player is. So, yeah, I'm I'm sure if you're putting a veteran there, and someone comes to try to poach him, it's like, okay, you can go, but we can pay you the minimum right. for three weeks. It's so much better having the four-week IR yes. rather than the old – I mean, for years it was just you could only put one guy on. Right. Then it back. was two. And then it was two. But before that, it was it, it, made no, it was the season. And I understand the stashing part of it, whatever, but there, it made no – as much money is invested in these players and a guy gets hurt week one, could come back ten weeks later. you got multiple guys that are right. in that category. It doesn't make any sense, you know, as long as the season is, especially now. So the other point I was going to make, also the Raiders uh, working out Colin Kaepernick. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. So here's what's changed. Prior to this, I'd never heard him say he was willing to be the backup quarterback. Right. Or now make, or make the backup quarterback. Now money. that's my next question. <laughs> now he's saying I'm willing to be the backup quarterback. So do you want to make backup quarterback pay? Or do you think you're coming back and making nine million dollars a year? Well, that's a lot. That's a big difference between 2017 and 2021, 2022, right? You know, things change. I mean, everything changed for him. You know, no, you know, no luck, no, no look. You know, no opportunity. 
Yeah, you're going to change. That's just the way that's the way it is. I mean, if you want to stick to the same script, then you probably wouldn't get that workout. And what the Raiders have, uh, they've got Jared Stidham as a backup quarterback. Nick Mullins is another guy that they signed, whatever they've got. There's an opportunity there. Marcus Mariota, of course, was there last year, and now he's at Atlanta, and so there is an opportunity. The question on Kaepernick is you can structure a deal for him that because he hasn't played in the league in so long, he, he wasn't in the league last year and so you can structure a deal that takes it has an incentive latent contract right. where he could have a base uh, the question is for him is he willing to play if he doesn't get in a game at a veteran minimum base of whatever it might be of whatever they agree to it's one to two million dollars and then he has based on number of games he plays he could get paid a million dollars a game whatever they can handle or whatever they negotiate is he willing to do that kind of a deal? Sort of what the Cowboys did with Andy Dalton. Basically gave him a you know $3 million deal to be the backup, but then it was so much poor game. How, how, long, was it, how long was he out? How long was Andy out? Did he, no, did, he just came when he got yeah, released by Cincinnati. That's, that's the so Cowboys different. signed him. Right, right. Now, this it's, guy hasn't taken a snap right, in the NFL very since, was it 2016? I'm not sure. Yeah, he said 2016, yeah. 2016, that's the last time he played. So that's a long time for it a quarterback is. Is. not to see the field, right? And that's why the song changed. That's a long time. He hadn't, he's a different he, – I mean, we're different from 2016 to now. You know, it's something different about us, and especially if you uh, used to be a, a professional quarterback. Yeah, it, everything changes quickly, and then that's for a long time. This guy waited – this is six years now. Because I remember everybody saying, well, this guy's better than the backup quarterback this team's got or that or the Cowboys have, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, but does he want to be the backup? Right. Or, or does he want to go someplace and actually ha- compete for the starting job? Which, when you've been out that I, long. I, I, actually, I don't think it really would have mattered. I think the stance that he took, that pretty much that, sealed his fate. So it didn't matter what he said. It was going to always be something where, oh, well, this is what I heard, and then this is what I heard. So, you know, when it comes down to it, all those, you know, trivialities, you know, it didn't really and, matter. And, and the team had to be strong enough to say, okay, we're going to accept the backlash. Right. Because there exactly. Because there's going to be a backlash. Yes, it is. Right? Yes, it was. And, and yes. all of a sudden, that'll be center stage. Do you want to and put up And now, all that? of a sudden, things, once again, not only are we different, America's a little bit different. From 2016. Right. You see? So that's the main thing as well. Hey, I got something for you guys. I had a little reunion. I know we got to go in a little bit. I had a little reunion. <laughs> a reunion? Yeah, with uh, Cliff Harris, got D.D. Lewis, Leroy Jordan, uh, and Charlie Waters. Uh, we were all at the Stallings Awards. All right. Yeah, it was it was held at the Dallas Country Club. I was out there. The Stallings Award. The Stallings Award. As the in Gene, Gene Stallings. Stallings Award. Yeah, let me get some pictures. There is old Gene with me and Chuck. Me and Charlie Waters. That was a nice little How's he moving right along? Uh, b- both of them moving pretty slow. Slow? <laughs> yeah, but Gene's got a, got a cane. Oh, and, does he and really? Charlie doesn't. That's the only difference right there. So Charlie's close to having Yes, that. he is. That's, it. That's the only difference. But I saw he and Cliff, and we all sat together. Our wives talked to each other, man. We had and what was the award? Time. The award went to? The Johnny Stallings Award oh, went to, I'm going to see if you Luke can Fickle? recognize Shut up, oh, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was gonna like tease you with this and say, "Can you recognize that guy?" Well, I guess you can. And that's I took a better picture with him, a selfie, and uh, that was pretty cool because he and Sean Springs. We're teammates. Oh, okay. So we talked a lot about Ron, talked about, about the kidney donation, things of that nature. So, no. Cool. Who was teammates with Ron? Uh, Fickle. Was, uh, Sean. With Sean Springs. Oh, Ron's oh, oh, son. Oh, oh, oh. Ron okay. Springs' right. son. Sean Springs. That went right over Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Well, that's cool. I didn't realize they had one of those. Yeah, you weren't invited. That's why. <laughs> I should have been. The rest of the world would have known about it. <laughs> that's right. So that was good stuff, man. We had well, that, I'm glad uh, to see this past Tuesday. You know what? It was. Uh, Gene has not changed, not one bit. It was. Not it one was four bit. or five years ago. We did a legend show on him, and we went out to his place in, in, in Paris. Paris. Yeah. And um, so he, it's got a big spread. Yes, he right? does. It's huge. Yes, he does. And there's fences up, and mm-hmm. he was talking about. And I said, so. Who rides out there and repairs those fences? <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I go. What do you mean? I go. He goes, I get on my horse, and, and, and I ride out there. And so about how old them. was he then? So he had to be in his love- 80s. See, that reminds me of when uh, Wade Phillips got the job here, and we went to uh, Wade's – we went to Bum Phillips Ranch mm-hmm. down south of San Antonio, I believe Goliad, Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And – I mean, you. There is no more hospitable. There was no more hospitable person in the world than Bum and his wife. I mean, they offered to even put us up for the night. We were just going on a day trip yeah. down there, do a story yeah. on him, whatever. When we got there, Bum Phillips was out on his horse. Out. I mean, he he. Was, I'm looking up now how old he would have been then, but he was probably in his 80s. And, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Ruth Ann as well, Gene's uh, wife, still looking oh, she great. Was, she Still was great. great. When we, when we so did cool. the interview, yeah. if there was any lapses in memory, she piped right yeah, in, right? Yeah, she's so, still sharp. So Bum was born in uh, 1923, and so he would have been uh, 84 years old then. Now look up Stallings. All right. And, and, and so when we finished – and we must have spent two hours in his house. I, I think Chris was, Chris was with us, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Oh, you weren't? Okay. Gene so, is 87. 87. Turned 87 in March. So this would have been at least 80. Okay. Uh, and we got done with the whole thing, and he's giving us directions on you know, how to get out of here or whatever. And he goes, well, wait, let's, let's go to lunch. And he took to the place that he goes to lunch probably every day, right? And, and we had lunch with him at Dude, this I'm sure he couldn't wait to have you guys down place. there. Just have some, you know, have some, great. some company and yeah. some visitors and show them off to, to, the, to the old school people in the neighborhood. You know, when you go into guys' houses like that, it's almost like going into a museum because they've got all this memorabilia, yeah. right, and all this stuff from Alabama. And they kept they, they put up only the best and most right? impressive things, of course. It's like, I, I got to say. Uh, it's I like a, when we would, and now Chris went to this one. We did Walt Garrison yeah. in, in his place. I did. And uh, it was like going in the museum. I bet. Well, he's got cowboy stuff, and right. he's got cowboy, cowboy stuff. stuff. And real cowboy stuff. He had, stuff that he's whittled. <laughs> right. I mean. Well, we went into that. I've got yeah. like three or four of those. He keeps – every time I'd see him, he'd give me one, right? Uh-huh. I've got all this I mean, stuff. works of art <laughs> right. in there. That's right. Yeah. It's, hey, uh, hey, by the way, I had a I, – I spoke for like – 
two minutes just talking to Gene. I was, and he couldn't understand the word I said, so he goes, <laughs> <laughs> I was in the wrong ear. <laughs> so I had to repeat myself all over Walt again. Walt Garrison's front door was impressive in itself. Mm-hmm. The whole house was. Log well, cabin. Fr- yes, log, log cabin. But his front door is, is um, it's all his friends' brands. Like, you know, like their 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 farm brands. The iron band. The, the brand. Yeah. So yeah. it's all pressed into his door. So he has wow. all these brands on his door. And it was a I didn't log, notice that. It yes. was a log house How'd that you miss it? they <laughs> they build remotely, take it apart and then bring it and restructure it. Wow. And you know how he, he got that? A, you know how he got that house? It wasn't from make, making money in no, the NFL. No, it was from Skull. 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 The Skull commercials wow. that he did. He made, he <laughs> made more money, he said. Oh, uh, I'm sure he It was did. A, a, uh, American a tobacco. made more money back then than uh, they made the American tobacco or whatever it was. He, he And he told a story, and I know we got to go, uh, about when they were at training camp in Thousand Oaks, right, and and they they needed some extras to ride a horse for some John Wayne movie, right? And he said at one point they came, they were close, and they came right into training camp in Thousand Oaks on their horses. And uh, he had a rifle that John Wayne gave him, right? And, and, and it was like a real yeah. Not a replica. It was a real deal, and he's got it in you know this case and everything. He had saddles on, on these wooden horses, and it was amazing. Just absolutely amazing. That's crazy. And he was he he's a one one of a kind. Well, I'm mm-hmm. sorry I started all this. That's yeah, all right. Now I guess that's good. good. <laughs> it was good stuff. All right. <laughs> so that does it for week one of OTAs. No telling what Mickey will have on his legal pad after he observes another practice next week here on Mix Shots. Go Mavs and Cowboys. Please, Mavs. <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?